0: that eternal perspective came, but it took years to kind of fill that out and to know that life is still short. And so we need to spend our moments doing eternal things and not just, you know, wasting them.
1: That's Ryan Frederick, and he joins us today on Focus on the Family along with his wife, Selena, and your host is Focus President and author, Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. John, here's a question for you. Is your marriage fierce? Fierce, like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> angry. Like, I don't
2: know what that means. Okay, but we're going to find fierce. out today. All right. Fierce, do you have a fierce? We marriage? have fierce moments. How's that? Well, sure, but it sounds good. I like that idea of having a fierce marriage. I'm not quite sure yet what that will be defined as. But we're going to talk more about that and what it means today with our guests. Uh, One thing's for sure here, Focus on the Family, we love marriage. We don't want to raise it up to idolatry, but we think uh, marriage is and the family is God's institution to help us learn and grow, hopefully in his direction, right? Uh, God has a purpose for your marriage, and we're going to explore that today. We're going to help you learn how to strengthen your marriage by pursuing each other in Christ, Within the covenant of marriage. I think that's pretty good right there. I do
1: too. And Ryan and Selena Frederick uh, created a website, fiercemarriage.com, in 2013. The mission is to point couples, Jim, as you were saying, to Christ and to commission marriages for the gospel. And I love the intentionality. Uh, they've written a book by the name of Fierce Marriage. The subtitle is Radically Pursuing Each Other in Light of Christ's Relentless Love. And I should note that Ryan and Selena have three daughters. Ryan and Selena, welcome to Focus.
3: Thank, hey. you yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Glad yeah. to be here. This is big. I mean, yeah. uh,
2: have a fierce marriage. That's a big statement <laughs> yes. and a big book. I mean, that's daring for you guys to write it. Ryan, uh, you first met Selena when you were, I think, in eighth grade. Is that right? You can yeah. remember who you met in eighth, eighth grade. grade. Well, well, that's good.
0: I can't forget her. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: good answer. <But> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, uh, How I... did you go from eighth
2: grade classmates to romantically inclined, uh, what
0: teenagers <laughs> or twenty <laughs> somethings? Uh, Well, it took some time. I had to kind of get my act together because. Oh, good, Selena! Way to go! <laughs> yeah. Way to pull it out of them. I didn't actually introduce myself till I think two years later. That's kind of
2: normal for guys, yeah. right? <laughs> Soft distance. You're still on yeah. the two wall. years to work it out. Know, it's being on the wall at the junior high oh, dance, exactly. right? You never yeah. get off the wall. <laughs> and I still
0: had like braces and bleached hair. I was in the, like the Northwest grunge scene, you know, and she was way out of my league but yeah took some but time how,
2: seriously how did it's always good to hear a story like this and mm-hmm. you guys are a young couple, so it's wonderful to hear that the lord still works through schools to mm-hmm. bring people there together you go. for marriage. There you go. Yeah. but i mean you're junior high right Eighth yeah grade. he
3: visited in junior high the school okay. that we were going to and apparently he remembers me i remember the game we were playing in pe because i loved it <laughs> that's about all i remember <laughs> when he was there yeah. and then um, yeah, he came back a few years later, and the, the bleach mom, yeah. the bleach hair was gone. He just went to football camp. And oh, so now you were, Yeah, all the, the girls braces were, were gone. Girls were all like, "Oh, he's such a sweet guy," and I was like, "Who?" And, <laughs> and then um, we were in uh, advanced English class together, and he started sharing his thoughts, and I, I was very <laughs> overwhelmed by the brain power that was inside oh, This is good. no he started answering questions and i was like wow he's really smart and he's
0: i call it providence because my, mo- my mom's an english teacher <laughs> oh, so no. okay. i had an edge yeah how'd that go did uh, she
2: correct your adverb all the application all that you know? all the time but still it, does happily happen. not happy <laughs> yes. Happily. Yes. Yes. it was
0: even worse having a shrink for a dad so oh,
2: you're kidding yeah. english teacher and a psychologist yes <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's why you're so well-adjusted, right? Uh, and you can articulate it very well. Hopefully, hopefully. But um, when did you get married?
3: Uh, when we were 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. And
2: right how were how those first couple of years? What were they like?
0: You know what? We were we dated for four years, and we were friends, really good friends before that. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'd say the first couple of years of marriage were actually really, really fun, other yeah. than what we talked about in our book, where you know things kind of went sideways health-wise. But, yeah. you know, we had our, our fights, but it wasn't like this... We were so young. We didn't have our own.
3: I feel like some of our our clashes, you know, when you get married that first year, um, you kind of are like, oh, your eyes are open to somebody, right? But I felt like we knew each other pretty well. That it wasn't like this. Oh, who is this person I'm living with, or who is this? Right. It really so those kind of things n- came a little bit later. Normal to be annoyances,
2: or <laughs> normal, <laughs> yes. to, the normal annoyance the of normal, just being with somebody yes, else, yes, yes, all I, the time.
3: And we were busy together. We had a lot of things going on. It wasn't until we faced um, some bigger challenges outside of our community, like in our church and different things, that we really came to grips with, oh, you don't believe that, or, what well, or I what. Will I, I, I want to get to like that because
2: you have a really unique story. You did some. Things early in your marriage that are a bit different, taking a job in Switzerland, for example. <laughs> yes. uh, how long were you married when you went to Switzerland uh, for that job?
3: Almost. We celebrated our two-year anniversary coming home. So, so that was it. Yeah. I mean,
2: you're two years in yeah. your marriage, you take a job in Switzerland to be an au pair, I believe. To
3: be an au pair and, and ride horses, yep.
2: <laughs> and Ryan gets hired on to be yeah. kind of the ranch hand. Yeah, basically. The tag-along hire. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It sounds exciting. Um, what happened?
3: Well, we uh, just finished our college finals. He, mm-hmm. Ryan was very, very sick, um, but, you didn't know but we didn't that. know it. No, yeah. he just thought he had the flu. Thought it was just a combination of lack of sleep and um, energy drinks and coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: just horrible diet just, during finals. And, you know, you are twenty;
3: you can live yeah. on whatever. <laughs>
0: had his persistent cough, and we just we yeah. She had this. You know, hairbrained idea to get this job as a career.
3: I had a passion. And a passion. <laughs> passion. <laughs> had a passion. Yeah, you haven't learned that yet, Ryan.
2: Okay, come on. You've written a book
0: here.
1: We've got a counselor on the line just in case. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's Perfect.
2: your dad. We'll be
1: yeah, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: great. <yeah.
2: laughs> no, actually, uh, that is. I yeah. mean, you know, that is quite brave. What was compelling you to go do this?
3: I. Loved riding horses, grew up doing it, and kind of a You can do a, that in Washington, dream. you know, where yes, you live. <laughs> but it, the biggest dream would be to go overseas and yeah. ride in Europe. That's a big equestrian dream. And so I, we wanted to go to Europe after college anyways, and I thought, why not find a job and make it an extended mm-hmm. stay a little bit. So and, you get to
2: Switzerland. Yes. You're married only a year and a half or so or a year and eight yeah. months at this point. You're not feeling well. It's a persistent lethargy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what's going on?
0: Well, yeah, so we land and i 'm trying to work and trying to kind of impress our new boss, and I just have no strength and i 'm coughing a we lot like fevers fevers, and i 'm sweating through you know a mattress every night, and so I took a few days off, and i just wasn 't getting better. Mm-hmm. This is a big important detail, but we bought traveler 's insurance of health all things travelers, traveler's health, health insurance, insurance. Yeah. yeah, and so I was like, I just we have to go see a, a doctor I need medicine, but i don 't want to pay right right. And so we bought this insurance and I go and they they couldn't find out what was going on. So they just gave me antibiotics and painkillers and said, come back in a few days and we'll we'll check the levels and all that. And so I started feeling better and I got back to work and those kind of kept the symptoms at bay. And then uh, until they didn't, right, until we ran out of the medicine and basically it just took a... Terrible turn for the worst,
2: now Selena, prior to this, you were kind of feeling like Ryan was letting you down, right yes. I love that aspect of it because yeah. it's very honest in mm-hmm. the book you write mm-hmm. about that you were you know my bright, handsome husband
3: mm-hmm.
2: is a dud <laughs> i mean I'm, I mean I'm summarizing, but you're you're really internalizing Yay, this I was now. Battling like, with that you're on the adventure sure. of a lifetime yes. you're riding horses yes. in Switzerland, yes, and you 're living your dream, yes uh, yet ryan 's not stepping up yes that 's how you felt yes. i don 't want to overstate it, but what that, was going no that on was there?
3: my internal dialogue was how can I help you meet what I want to do? How can I bring you along? like what can I do? how come we can 't like make this work what 's going on? Our boss thinks you can't work. I mean, I know you're sick, but can you just pull it together a little bit more you can't <laughs> be that. You me? can't be that sick. Yes. Did I you mean, verbalize that at all, Celine? In some ways. Oh. I mean, we I were, felt we, it. I felt we it. Were, yeah. yeah, and we were two years married. We didn't know how to communicate that well, I you would know, say. It's
2: really important right here because there's a lot of couples that will struggle if you're married two years or 20 years, mm-hmm. 50 years. These are things that couples struggle with because you really don't know what's going on. You look good on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. right? you mm-hmm. look reasonably healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you, so you're conjuring up these, he's got attitude issues. Mm-hmm. He's just not stepping up. Yeah. How did the Lord deal with you in that regard? What was the lesson learned spiritually about being the wife and being the husband who couldn't meet that expectation?
0: Well, in hindsight, it's easy to kind of see you know, God's hand on all of it and how mm-hmm. it was all working at the time. It certainly wasn't clear what was going on. I just knew I I didn't want to be the reason my wife's dreams were dashed upon the rocks, right? And so... But
3: I'd, I didn't want to be the reason that you almost died. Well, but we didn't know <laughs> the, like, the extent of it. Right, but you were sick and how, how horrible of me to, as right. a wife to not care for you. And, and at
2: that point, it's g- going to begin to click in. Yes. I, that's why I wanted to catch that answer from you prior to yeah. your realization that, oh, this is serious. Mm-hmm. The uh, but once you knew that Ryan was really sick, it changed. I'm sure. Absolutely. And what happened at that point?
0: Well, uh, yeah, the diagnosis came down, and basically found out that I had a an infection on my heart. I have a congenital defect that I never knew about, and it the poor diet and the lack of sleep and the hard work and all that kind of contributed to this perfect storm that. Um, led to this diagnosis. I mean, for folks
2: listening, it was a
0: bacterial infection on
2: your heart valve, right? Yeah. yeah. It That's was a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they get in there and there's a two, it's two centimeters in length and it's flapping around like a flag. It's a
3: bacterial growth there's on a growth the valve. growth on the valve. Just flapping.
0: Just flapping around. And the doctors kind of looked at it and judging by their reaction, we got pretty scared because mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, just take some medicine and go home. It's like... This is a bad thing. Their reaction was, we need to get you to the state hospital of Zurich now. And they got the, I think it was the head cardiologist for all of Zurich hmm. on the phone. We have this American kid. He's got endocarditis. What do we do? And it was really crazy because we weren't Swiss citizens, so we didn't fit their system. Right. That's why the medical the insurance, insurance mm-hmm. was so huge. Off. Yes. Yeah. And we ended up being an inpatient, so spent a week trying to treat it. And all of a sudden, I felt vindicated. Okay, I'm not just a, I'm not just a wimp, right? Yeah. I'm actually right. sick.
2: After all these months and weeks yeah. of mm-hmm. feeling yeah. less than,
0: my boss, he, you mm-hmm. know, our boss at the time, he apologized because he, you know, he thought I was a slacker. He thought I was just being lazy. Lazy and, American. Yes, yeah. Exactly. exactly that yeah. stereotype, and I could hear that going on in my head, and and uh, yeah, and they finally said, hey, we can't fix it with antibiotics. We need to open you up and have heart surgery tomorrow do
2: heart surgery i mean that is amazing yeah. you're 22 years old um they encourage you to write up your will to think about end of life issues i mean you're just married a couple of years and you're what you
0: yeah. had to be going what well you know they're that swiss and we were in the swiss german part of switzerland so there's that stoicism right so they didn't encourage any of that kind of stuff it was like well this is as a matter of fact here's what we got to do we're going to operate tomorrow I had done an internship with a cardiothoracic surgeon in college, so I kind of knew exactly what they were going to do. And so I explained it to Selena. And so I knew that my chances were good, but they aren't as high as you're comfortable with going under the knife, right? And so uh, I opted at that point, just personally, my dad was there at the time, just sitting in silence the night before. And I just wrote out letters to her, letters to my dad, my brother, my mom, good friends. And uh, yeah, just, hey, if I don't make it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a guy that treats you better than me and you know crying the whole time and oh my yeah so it really kind of brought us face to face with our finitude like our, our limits as humans right. and really knowing that this life is so fragile and really after the fact it kind of feels like a privilege having to have that perspective at such a young mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. it's created a bit of anxiety since then knowing that wow, it could happen at, oh at sure the day, but so uh, someone's got to be
2: asking listening right now did you let them read the letters <laughs>
0: I mean, that's... Uh, I read Selena's to her. Okay.
2: And that's Only
3: it. like once, because even sitting here when he talks about it, I'm like, okay. How did <laughs> that to make you feel? Yeah. How did yeah. that make
0: you feel?
2: Yeah. I, mean... I
3: you know, you're two years in married, but six years, the best of friends, and you just, you try to go past it. I mean, you, as a young person, you don't have this, even as an older person, the finality of death is something I felt like you deal with for your entire life, you know, and so knowing that that was a possibility for him, a high possibility, it was somewhat incomprehensible to me. And I felt like there's a state of shock and I still was trusting God. And I, I think I had a bit of maybe naive grace or something of God just holding me in that while he was in surgery and just keeping mm-hmm. my mind at bay. And it yeah. was a battle for sure.
0: I remember crying, thinking, hey, we're not going to get to raise children together. And we knew we didn't want children right away, but we knew that that was something we wanted together at some point, and I'm thinking, like, that's never going to happen yeah. for us, and that, that's just not a reality I'm going to get to experience, and so that's why waking up was so sweet.
1: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
2: John Avery Whitaker is an incredible guy, but have you ever wondered what makes wit, wit? Find out in the new Young Wit book series from Focus on the Family. In book number one, nine-year-old John Avery Whitaker moves to a new town, makes new friends, faces a new bully, and solves a seventy-year-old mystery. Young Wit and the Trader's Treasure is available at focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca.
4: Financial moments with Tom Copeland. Biblical diversification is obtained by allocating one's assets into different types of investments. That will probably react differently to any particular market condition for example during inflationary times natural resource equities and commodities will generally increase in value while medium and long-term bonds do poorly however in a period of deflation or disinflation medium and long-term bonds do well while natural resource equities and commodities do poorly diversify your assets among several sectors of the economy and into different countries, as this will reduce the risk of your portfolio. Diversification is the general rule. However, there is no substitute for spending quality time with the Lord in prayer and in His Word, sensing God's specific will. There can be unique situations where God directs us not to diversify. Therefore, unless God specifically directs you otherwise, diversify God's investments.
1: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh,
2: Selena, let me come back to you because uh, I want people to really hear your heart, and Ryan, you too, in terms mm-hmm. of what you learned. But um, facing death, you typically don't do until later in life. Typically, mm-hmm. I know some young people do face it, and and that happens. But what did you really take away from this? What was that one thing that you thought, "Wow"? Facing it so early helped me become
3: fill-in-the-blank. Um, grateful. Grateful. Grateful every day. Mm-hmm. Grateful for the moments, the good and the bad and the ugly, and all the in-between. Just knowing that what we have today was not a, for sure. It was not a guarantee. Um grateful to God to have led us either way, led me either way, and be sovereign in in the outcomes,,
2: let me ask you this it, it, because again, I, I so appreciate your honesty in the beginning about the story and how Ryan wasn't carrying his weight
3: mm-hmm.
2: did it and I mean this in the best of ways Convicted did it help me? you learn to be less selfish?
3: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely it was and in very what convicting um, I think it slowed me down in my accusing state, you know as a as a young wife, accusing my husband of maybe not doing these things or not engaging the way I want him to. Why isn't he helping me? And, you know, just all of my not realizing there's a deeper issue that I'm not seeing that I'm ignoring, and so I think it's it put the brakes on me jumping to those conclusions,
2: Ryan. You wake up, uh, things are moving, you're making a decision now. Fierce marriage is where I want to live, and that's where <laughs> I want Selena to be. What does that mean to have a fierce marriage? All the way back a few minutes ago when
0: we started the program, yeah, <laughs> yeah so the name is selena's idea so
3: that's my only claim to fame because you're the marketing guy so this is my (laughs) but it
0: came from i think this thought that marriage that lasts and is loving and is christ honoring takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and never gives in and that was that was kind of our founding okay this is what a fierce marriage is and this is what we mean by the word fierce Mm -hmm. and what kind of compelled us into it and to, to have this conviction to share is that we had at the time actually so we from the time we were 2 years married coming back from this trip and up until 9 years married we were just i don't know growing roots we were figuring out some aspects of our faith some aspects of our own relationship no kids at all and um we had friends that had gotten married and some had gotten divorced and many and not already. many but a few yeah, yeah in that time that we were already married and so I thought what's so different about us why are we happy why are we still together and of course we, we landed on Simply, it's Jesus. He's the only reason. I don't mean that as a pat answer, but he's the reason that we're, we can have grace toward each other and we can still- and
3: He's the fuel behind he's us the fuel having behind
0: it,
2: fierce yeah. marriage. Well, let me, and let me dig into the fierce marriage because, yeah. again, you can take that in a lot of different ways. Fierceness can be negative. It can sure. be used as a weapon, yeah. particularly in marriage. You can be a fierce husband right. in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Describe more adequately what f- spiritual fierce marriage looks like. What does it mean when you wake up in the morning? What do you do?
0: Yeah, so I think it's summarized in the subtitle of our book, Radically Pursuing Each Other in Light of Christ's Relentless Love. And that's really become kind of the refrain, is that we only love each other because we are loved. And we can only love each other the biblical love because to the extent that we experience the love of Christ in the gospel, right? And so in our book, we talked about like the foundations and how so much of, the, of what your marriage looks like, building it and making a fierce marriage starts with What is your bedrock? What is your foundation? What is your framework? What is the Mm -hmm. fuel? And so we talk about the gospel being the absolute foundation of it, knowing who you are, um, it,
3: understanding your beliefs as yes, a couple and yes. how your beliefs really inform your behavior. And yes.
0: so namely believing and knowing who, that you're a sinner in need of grace and you have received it in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a transformative idea. It's no, that you know,
2: is really good. You, you mentioned the book, the idea of covenant marriage and mm-hmm. the importance of it. Uh, we've talked about that more from a, a legal standard of what covenant marriage means, but what, how do you define it in your book?
3: That's well, a big we, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We deal with it, or we, I guess, define it through the Bible and looking at God's covenantal character with his people. And we sort of contrast it with the contractual, covenantal versus contractual. Right, a non-legal. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. A covenant is more of like a living, breathing.
2: Heart-binding. Yes. Yeah, I like yes, that.
3: Yes, yes. Um, whereas contractual is very dependent on you providing me with things and I provide you with things. And once, if you're not meeting my standards, my needs, all these things that we sort of outlined and committed to, then, you know, we might walk away. So that's kind of the... Mm -hmm.
2: You know, you guys, you're a young couple, you have young children, so you're living in that space right now. Mm -hmm. I think older uh, Christians, we might think of younger Christians as being more transactional, I love what you're saying. (laughs) Do your peers feel this way too? You know, the committed Christian community that are in their 20, 30-somethings, are they feeling like there's something bigger than a transactional relationship here?
3: Absolutely. And I think the funny thing is, is that it requires the transparency. It requires the time to be able to experience the covenantal, right? The covenantal requires more of us. Right,
2: and frankly, I mean, shame on us, because I think older Christians have failed in that way, that we have not figured that out. I think oftentimes we had the transactional down. That's why divorce rates are so high in the church, rather than Mm. understanding God's covenantal heart for marriage. So Mm. good for you guys, Mm. and good for all of us that hopefully see that as the core uh, value that the Lord is seeking in our marriages.
1: Selina, how does that play out? When you're busy and your girls are kind of draining <laughs> you, how do you elevate above the day to day to be yeah. the covenantal part of your relationship? Absolutely, no, <laughs> Under it's, your breath—that's a good okay. one.
3: Yes, uh, definitely reminding, reminding, reminding myself. Whether it's being in scripture and knowing it as much as I can knowing and understanding who God is, who I am in light of who He is, knowing God through His Word, Um, but also knowing that the Holy Spirit is with me and can empower me to die to myself when I don't feel like it, to make those right decisions when I don't feel like it or I don't want to, knowing that Mm. there's a bigger outcome, there's life beyond this momentary death of wanting to yell Mm. at my husband or lock my kids in their room for (laughs) five minutes because I'm going to go crazy or something. Mm. I think it's also
0: being... (laughs) Free to go back to them, too, and yeah. apologize and repent to your oh, own yeah. kids yeah, and say, hey, I'm a sinner, too. I need Jesus, I need Jesus. and I need your forgiveness. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I did wrong.
2: It's yeah. always good, especially good in marriage. I mean, it's mm-hmm. good when you do that with your kids. I think, in mm-hmm. some ways, it's harder to do it with your spouse. Yes, <laughs> ironically, uh, Ryan, something in your book really caught me because after your heart surgery, the doctors left uh, some wires attached to your mm. heart that I guess were coming out of your chest. Seems a little odd, kind of yeah. like, the Iron Man. Look, did they right? forget or what? They, you know, yeah. but I guess it was intentional so that they could, if they needed yeah. to, they can jumpstart your heart. Yeah. But what spiritual application did yeah. you uh, apply to that?
0: That was yeah. I, I love that because the analogy that I drew from it is that any moment they could give life or death, right. By these wires that were connected to these strategic parts of my heart. And the parallel that I drew is in communication, right. As a spouse, you have a direct line to each other's heart. Like they've given you access. That's unprecedented for any other person, ideally. And so the words you say hold a lot of weight, right. And you can, the Bible says, you know, your words have the power of life and death, you know, so choose life. And so As a husband, early on in our marriage, I would be really harsh. I would be really... you know A lot of husbands do this. They're very logical. You try to argue your way out of things and really you seem to empathize. And so realizing that about my tendency and the fact that she's given me access to her heart gives me Mm -hmm. kind of this sweet conviction that I need to steward her heart well and speak life Mm -hmm. and empathize and maybe just even shut my mouth at times. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: mean, this is so powerful. And I love that analogy, uh, life and death to the heart, and hmm. I'm assuming the doctors did remove those wires.
0: Excruciatingly, yes. <laughs> oh, well, and I wasn't asleep for it. It was oh. terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: and I think uh, what you have to share in the book, Fierce Marriage, is so relevant to couples of all ages to remember the idea of being known and knowing mm-hmm. your spouse. I mean, those are great concepts that all of us should aim for. Um, I think in your book you say Jesus isn't merely a means to a better marriage. Your marriage is a means to a better relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus. (laughs) That is really well said. I love that. Um, I have one follow-up question for you, but before we go there, let me turn to the listeners. Uh, This is exactly why we're here. If you need help in your marriage, we have counselors who can help you. We are a treasure chest of resources and tools here at Focus, and this is one of the great resources and tools that we'd like to put in your hands, Fierce Marriage. Let's work on your marriage together Mm -hmm. so that it will honor our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, donate and request your copy of Fierce Marriage, and when you're online, go ahead and take our Focus on Marriage assessment, uh, which will help you uh, kind of gauge where you're at. Our website is focusonthefamily.ca, or call us. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. All right,
2: Ryan and Selena, here's that last question. Speak to the husband or the wife uh, listening right now who thinks it might be too late for their marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, the fierceness is the negative fierceness that we've Mm -hmm. talked about it's survival at this point Uh, what should they do differently how do they turn that around and start honoring the lord
3: i guess i just want to encourage them to see that this is the most opportune time i think for god to be at work Mm. and for god to soften your heart soften your husband's heart and Mm. to just rest assured that he is a big god and there's ways that he works that we can't always see or understand, but to press into him, to press into his word, um, to engage in prayerfully, you know, pursuing your spouse. Mm-hmm. You look like you have something to say.
0: Yeah, no, I am just, I'm imagining the couples that we've seen in that situation that have had, they've gone from hearts of stone mm-hmm. to hearts of flesh and for inexplicable reasons other than God is at work in, I think by pressing in to God's word and pressing into his community, namely being known by others, and that looks like getting a good counselor, getting a good a pastor to walk with you, not just to give you advice and platitudes, but to walk with you. I think every time we've seen a couple do that in earnest, we've seen amazing. God works. Yeah. Yeah. He works. He's powerful. And
2: Well, that's the point, isn't it? Yes. God, works. God works. And Absolute it's been great, and you've captured it in Fierce
1: Marriage. Thanks for being with us.
3: Thank yeah. you for having us. Thank you.
1: And this final encouragement to contact us and get a copy of the book, Fierce Marriage. Uh, We'll tell you more when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Join us again tomorrow as we'll hear from Pastor Greg Laurie sharing how he overcame a childhood of neglect. But listen, people's destinies don't have to be determined by their genes or their environment. Your future doesn't have to be dependent on your past. There are no foregone conclusions, because when God breaks into your story, everything changes. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.